What? No. Anyway, go ahead. What were you going to say? I just haven't been sleeping well. Oh, I'm sorry. Eh. I sleep. I just yeah. don't think I'm sleeping correctly. Yeah, I yeah. get that. You know, those times where you've slept, but you don't really feel like you have. Yeah, I like, wake up and I'm just like, did I? I was unconscious. I know that. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have that a lot. Like, Casey will ask me how I slept, and I'm like, I mean, I know I slept. In that I know I closed my eyes, time passed, and then I opened them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I don't, I don't feel rested. Uh, and I think that's just part of like, you know, getting older and just, I think there, I think there's a period of time. Cause it seems like the older people, people who are older than I am now sleep well, mm-hmm. generally, um, I mean, if they sleep, then they sleep well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people younger than me sleep well. I'm just in a shitty period where I'm just like, I guess I'm just not going to feel rested uh, until, what, Moira moves out? Like, <laughs> You know what really sucks, though? What really pisses me off? I stopped working at Outback Steakhouse in... December of 2010. It's been nearly 11 years mm-hmm. since I worked there. I still have dreams about waiting tables at Outback specifically. Ugh. And I still routinely wake up going, oh, fuck, what day is it? Do I have a clean Bushman shirt? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> what? What? That was two houses ago? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Brain. So. Brain. Brain. Seriously. Be nicer to me. Come on, yeah. man. Uh, but yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's It just seems to be like you just have to get used to not really feeling rested ever. Yeah. So... Not without chemical intervention. Um, and even get... then. Yeah. What kind of chemicals? Well, you know, like, I'll I'll take Ambien. Ah. But the thing is, uh, that gives me a hangover, too. Like, I wake oh. up in the morning and I'm just like, blah. And it's like, so that didn't accomplish much, did it? <laughs> like... I'm asleep, but I slept until... I, I, sle- I slept... And then I woke up, but I was really asleep for another three hours. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. But anyway. Yeah. I'm sorry. That really sucks. Yeah. I'll live. But. I'll figure something anyway. out. Do what you gotta do, I guess. Yep. You know? If you gotta club yourself over the head so you're effectively unconscious for eight hours, then do what you gotta do, I suppose. <laughs> uh, anyway... Hello and welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe, the show that will not stop until there is not a single straight character left in comics. I'm Max. And I am JR. All of you need to chill. It's not even Clark. And even if it was Clark, it'd be fine. Who cares? Man, you know... I... You all just need to chill. (sighs) Okay. First of all, First of all, um, the fact that Clark has been straight for six for eighty years does not preclude him being gay now. Nope. Uh, even if it were Clark, there is there is a thing where people are denying a part of themselves for a good chunk of their lives. And then they come out. Yep. It happens a lot. It does. Uh, But also, like, they are fictional Mm. characters. Mm -hmm. Fictional. Thirdly, 
we're talking about DC here. Clark has not been straight for 80 years. This version of Clark has been straight for 20? Maybe? Like, as many times if the, as they've reset their continuity and then like been like, no, maybe not. And then like, no, we, we are this time. Mm, you know, like, how many versions of Clark are we talking about here? Because, but whatever, you know. Just shut the fuck up and read the <laughs> comics or don't. Like, why does this culture war bullshit that people engage in, and it's just like, first of all, what what pisses me off is they'll be like, don't make established characters gay. Go out and create new characters and make them gay. So people go out and create new characters and make them gay, and the same people are just like, what is with all these new gay characters replacing the characters I like? And it's like, well, you said to make new characters, so that's what we did. And it's like, but not like that. And it's like, well, then I don't know what the fuck you want. And it's like, no gay people. And it's like, thank you. <laughs> you just, you finally just said it. There you go. Seriously. Yeah. like Now that, you're an I mean, asshole. That's well, don't the only make me thing. the asshole. You are the asshole. <laughs> that's the thing is like, you know, these people are never going to be happy. If, if there is anyone who is outside what they consider the norm. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, oh, my God, so and so's black or yeah. oh, my God, so and so is trans or whatever. They're going to complain about it. They're going to bitch about it. And there's. That's been the case, like, that's been the case since comics were a thing. Mm -hmm. Every time there is an attempt to to show the world as it exists, then some some cishet straight some cishet white guy is always just like, "You're fucking ruining the thing I love," and it's just like, then maybe you don't actually love it. Yeah. I you know, you're removing yeah. my last bastion of control. Yeah, you said that you're not supposed to say that part out loud, dude. Um that part's not not what you think it means. Yeah. yeah. They're just <sighs> Why did you Yeah, why did you build your entire identity off of this? That's yeah. that's a strange thing to do, my dude. Yeah. You need Whatever. to go take up golfing or something. Be yeah. an asshole in a different direction. Yeah, you know, but... Or just don't, like, stop being an asshole. Like, yeah. stop being an asshole. Just don't. That's the most, uh... It's honestly the easiest option, too. It, you know... It de- it depends. Uh, it it can be it can be frustrating not being an asshole. <laughs> um, it can be you know like when because then when other people are assholes, you're just like you're a fucking you're a fucking asshole, man. Why are you why are you like doing this? this? So I don't know. Uh, it's whatever. Anyway, speaking of white guys, yeah, uh, news. Um, Stephen Denight, uh, went off on Twitter. Rightfully, I'm not. I don't. I don't want the way I worded that to make it appear that Stephen Denight was being irrational because he's not. Um, I. So he went off on the whole C.B. Sabolsky having been Akira Yoshida. And if you're not familiar with this story, first of all, how? Yeah. Uh, but also, like, C.B. Sabolsky at one point was an editor. And the rules for the job he had at that time said 
um, said that he could not also write. So he made up a pseudonym, uh, which, okay, like a lot of, a lot of people have done that, you know, Stephen King was Richard Bachman for reasons and stuff. Uh, but C.B. Sabolsky created a, a Japanese pseudonym by the name of Akira Yoshida, gave him a whole backstory, uh, and everyone concerned proceeded to pretend that Akira Yoshida was a real person. There were people saying, oh yeah, I've met Akira, he's a good dude. Like, yeah, really loves the art form and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then it turned out it was C.B. Sabolsky, who is now editor-in-chief of Marvel. Um, and Stephen DeKnight's point is, A, it's fucked up that he did that, which it is. B, uh, had he not done that, maybe an actual Asian person could have gotten a job with Marvel, which is true, and things like that. I... In addition to all of the issues, I am always amazed, amazed when someone has the confidence to pull some bullshit like this. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, there are, I, I could have grown up in Japan. Uh, I could have lived there my entire life. I could no Japanese history inside and out. I could understand the culture on a level few do. But if I was still a white guy, I'd just be like, yeah, I don't think I should probably pretend to be Japanese for any reason. And <clears throat> like, but this dude was just like, yeah, I really like Naruto. So, <laughs> and yeah. it's just like, now, C.B. Sabolsky has lived in Japan and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Don't fucking care. Like, you're still a white guy. Don't. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't specifically know anybody or I haven't talked to them in years, but I, I only know some one. I only know people who've lived in Japan through the Internet, which mm -hmm. doesn't count. Um, and one side the Internet counts. No, no, no. One-sided at that. Meaning oh, content, okay. Content creators and stuff. Oh, okay. I was going to... Like, no, friends online count, but... No, no, no. Okay. Um, and even when they talk about it, and they talk about it, you know, they'll talk at length about, like, what it's like there and, like, stuff like that and love of obscure anime and shit like that. Oh, but yeah, still, no. It, it's, you know, super weeby shit, but, like, at the same time, they're not... Protect, they're not trying to uh appropriate the culture so make no mistake if there is something about i don't know what it is about living in asia for americans um but living there destroys the part of their brain that allows them to just not mention that they've lived in Asia. Yes, that's because if, true. <laughs> if you know someone who's lived in Japan, they will absolutely bring it up at every, like the most tangential mention of Japan. And they'll just be like, well, you know, I lived in Japan and it's just like, dude, I've known you for 10 minutes. And yeah, I knew, <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> I knew that already. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't know what it is, um, you know, like I've known, I've known people who have lived in a lot of different countries and most of the time, um, the, I don't, you know, you have to hang out with them a few times before they mention, oh yeah, I spent a semester abroad in Luxembourg. Or, well, you know, when I was a kid, my parents were in the military, so I grew up in Belarus, or whatever, you know? But, but... I don't think I've mentioned weeps. that I've been... I don't think I've mentioned that I did a study abroad in London for six months to any human being. 
Right. Haven't, the only other I've talked to you and my girlfriend, so I haven't talked to a lot of human beings. But like the that's I I haven't mentioned it forever. Anybody who's spent any more than three months in Japan will let you know. Oh yeah, I I don't is, know why. It's just it's weird. I, I don't know. And but like ninety percent of those people. We'll just be like, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, and then there exactly. will be the the nine percent uh, that are just like way into it, and they're just like trying to tell Asian people what Japan is like. And then there's CB Sabolsky, who's just like, <laughs> I'm gonna pretend to be a Japanese guy. I'm going and to that is... create a. I'm going to create a Japanese man whole cloth uh, and be him, so yeah. that I can also write comics while at my other job. Yeah. Guy, that's a bit far and gross. Don't do that. That is really gross. Really gross. And like, I, I'm sorry. Like you, I mean, we knew you know, this. We knew about this for we, the people who pay attention to like comics, culture, and shit, have known about this for like a decade and a half. Um, it's been a while we yeah. we've known about this and it got more it got more it light. only got confirmed a few years ago yeah but i mean it but was, it's it been was, like a thing for a while yeah um and the fact that uh he got made editor-in-chief at all was just insane yeah. Right. And people brought it up at the time. They're like, "Hey, what the fuck?" And yeah. everyone, Marvel was just like, "Mm-hmm." Mm. We hear you. We hear you. What are you doing then? We are listening. Okay, we're saying it's fucked up. Uh huh. Thank you. We appreciate your feedback. Yeah. Marvel, are you just going to do nothing and hope this goes away? We are actively pursuing all avenues. What the fuck does that mean? It means we're going to <laughs> we're going to do actively nothing. hope this hope goes away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, and then you and I were talking before we started, and I don't remember which one of us brought it up, but I don't know. Like, I don't know what he brings to the editor in chief role that somebody else can't do, yeah. right? Somebody with a less squicky past. Like, this isn't hard. Yeah. Especially since, by all accounts, and by everything that I'm seeing, none of what's happening recently, meaning in the last two or three years, has any very specific C.B. Sobolski fingerprints on it. Yeah. Right? It's just been fairly well-run comics, which... Hell, I'm very excited about. I, st- I'm the idiot that picked the Joe Casada years to start reading comics. So yeah, I'm I'm tainted and ruined forever. <laughs> but like the the fact that he doesn't have, maybe he does do something behind the scenes. But right now, it just looks like he does exactly what an editor in chief should do, which is be available and uh, or otherwise get out of the way. Yeah, and only step in when it's just like um no you've decided to put captain america in the savage land for a 10 issue run i don't think so like or whatever you can you can do that if you really have a feeling one way or the other about it but you should be around just to direct be available to direct questions and find resources. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot to the, there's a lot to the whole CB Sabolsky was a Kira Yoshida thing. I don't know. There's a lot to the idea that like, it's, it's kind of odd that people just sort of brush it off that he pretended to be Asian and wrote all of these stories that drew heavily on uh, stereotypes and things like that. Uh, But, like, 
would the would the response have been the same if he had pretended to be black and wrote stereotypically black stories and things like that and i'm just saying like you know certainly there is the the question of how like people react differently to anti-asian racism than they do to anti-black racism there are all sorts of layers to what cb sabolsky did in marvel's response to it um by the same token i have to point out stephen denight worked with joss whedon so it's kind of like you know (laughs) uh no one here is an angel but uh i don't know like yeah it's really fucked up that marvel allows him to continue to be in charge when he did that and i don't know like they should stop doing that Anyway, comics? Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, Thor this week. This story, man. Uh, Thor number 296 has a cover by Keith Pollard, written by Roy Thomas, penciled by Keith Pollard, inked by Chick Stone and Marie Severin, colored by Carl Gafford, lettered by Joe Rosen, and edited by Roy Thomas and Mark Grunewald. Uh, The Eye of Odin continues its magical mystery tour through the history of everything that happened before Thor knew it. Uh, And it shows Thor a vision of Sigmund, son of Odin, who tries to save his twin sister Sieglinda from her terrible husband, Hunding. Frigga doesn't like (laughs) uh, Sigmund. So she's like, no, like, fuck that guy. He needs to die. And Odin's like, fine, wife. And so he fates that Sigmund is to die. Uh, But Brunhilde uh, is swayed by the pleas of Sieglinda. And so she tries to prevent it, which forces Odin to take a direct hand. And he slays Sigmund through hunting, earning Brunhilde his ire. Um... So we are continuing our ad- our marvelized adaptation of the works of Richard Wagner. Uh, you know, if you want to know more, go read it. I'm not I I'm trying to like cover the important bits in this, but I'm not here to do a book report for you. Go read the fucking issue. Um, there's a lot here. His sword gets broken. Uh, needful is the name of the sword it gets broken that'll come up later who gives a shit you know like yeah uh yeah did you you notice that everyone in comics has super semen just just one shot (laughs) oh yeah yeah a single nut there is literally the only the only superhero i know of is um Dan from Watchmen. Uh, he is the only impotent superhero. <laughs> because like every every time, yeah, it's like someone spends one night with someone and it's just like, and I'm pregnant. A superhero, everybody in superhero comics, it's like they so much as look at each other and a baby is born of it. Um, yeah. And it this whole thing, like... Siglinda is um Siglinda and Sigmund are both half Thor basically. Yeah. So they're half Thor and so when they have a baby that baby is all Thor. Um and it's just yeah. Um <laughs> you with full Thor. Um <laughs> It's it's really irritating because I feel like I feel like we're trying to save this wrap up of the celestial thing for number 300. And what winds up happening is that this gets de- this gets so decompressed and we get so much about the ring of the Nibelung and all of this stuff. Um 
that then like the celestial thing doesn't even show up again until number 300 at which point it's just quickly wrapped up and we'll get to that <sighs> but we are spending so long and and especially when you consider like um the the super like fascist uh overtones connections of, of with Wagner like I'm just like can we can we stop filleting Wa- Wagner's corpse this whole time like come on you know like anyway Thor number 297 has a cover by Keith Pollard and Gaspar Saladino ending by Chick Stone Odin punishes Brunhilde by stripping her of her godhood as Brunhilde seeks to protect Siglinda and her uh, unborn child. Uh, Brunhilde is turned into a mortal and put on a plateau surrounded by fire. Uh, Siglinda dies giving birth to Siegfried, who is raised by Mime. Um, Mime is a dwarf uh who is also lusting after the tarnhelm and the ring and so he even though he raised this kid from a baby he's just like i'm gonna trick this kid into fighting fafnir um because you know everyone everyone in this is an asshole like yes. everyone yes so including you know, siegfried he's an yeah. ass too everybody they're, sucks they're all terrible the only They're one all... that doesn't suck is Brunhilde, honestly. Brunhilde's fine. Yeah. Siglinda is fine. Yeah. Uh, and she's real. Like the the women, the women are f- like Brunhilde and Siglinda are fine, and they're both repaid for it with death. Death but like or death or trapped on a mountain. Yeah. And death. And death. Because yeah, Brunhilde I forgot does about... too. Yeah, yeah, she does. So she dies following Siegfried into the into yeah. the water. This is this is so much faffery to which I guess it would be Fafnirery. I don't know. Anyway, no, yeah. That no, was a stretch. <laughs> that was a real that was a Mr. Fantastic level stretch. Uh-huh. Uh so much faffery just to get us to a point where we actually see why we're going through all this shit um, <clears throat> it is what makes i kept reading it and i'm like and then we get to the end where it's like and that's why thor or and that's why odin made this promise and i was like so what did all the siegfried stuff make? how did that tie into this because i said so okay so that when he grabs the eye by the by the you know nerve ending and just says all right fuck this we're going back now that i know this i'm like yeah he strung you around for like a day you get to drag him by the eye eye socket or well uh, i think what what angers me is optic nerve the the fundamental problem is when thor was talking to the um the I and he's like well I want to know about why my dad agreed to bow before the celestials but more than anything I wanted to I want to know what the fuck he meant by this the I says that's fine you the question you actually want to ask is going to tie into your other question but then when we get there it really fucking doesn't no whatever like it it does in that like The it it does in the vaguest way possible, yeah. and it feels like it's just like we're just fucking around for a while, and now we're going to try and tie this into things. So, uh, so Thor number two ninety eight has a cover by Keith Pollard and is written by Roy Thomas and Ralph Macchio and edited by Jim Salakrup and Bob Budiansky. Siegfried slays Fafnir, uh, which in the process drenches him in his blood, and he gains awareness of a bunch of shit in the process. 
Uh, as a result, he knows that Mime is going to try and poison him. Uh, so Mime eats it. Uh, and then he learns from a bird about Brunhilda. He goes after her, uh, makes his way through the fire, and she, Brunhilda wakes up and they immediately fall in love. Cool? Cool. <laughs> uh, this is just whatever. So he gives, he has the ring of the Nibelung and he has the Tarnhelm under his helmet and yada, 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 whatever. So Thor number 299 is written by Roy Thomas and Mark Grunewald. Um, seeking his fortune, having, having promised himself to Brunhilde during which time they fuck, uh, he then leaves to go and seek his fortune. He is tricked by a dwarf named Hagen into falling in love with Gutruna and seeking uh, Brunhilde as a bride for her brother Gunther. Predictably, things go to hell uh, and Thor, uh, Siegfried rides off with Gutruna and Brunhilde is left to marry uh, Gunther. Um, and Hagen plots... The death of Siegfried to claim the ring and the Tarnhelm. Yeah. Uh, this is just, like I said, we're we're wasting so much time. And then, and then, like, we get to 300 and so much happens in 300 that could have been more spread out over the last mm. few issues. But we spend so much fucking time on all of this bullshit about the Ring of the Nibelung and Siegfried and Sigmund and the sea monster that uh, we wind up having to cram it all into number 300. And yeah, it's 300. It should be a bigger issue, but maybe more of that could go to the Celestials. Because the, the wrap-up of the Celestials thing is a massive fucking cop-out. So, yeah. I don't have anything up for this other than I forgot how fast we get done with the stuff in... with the Ring of the Nibelum and stuff. Yeah. Because it's... He's out hunting... Or wait, did you do credits for 300? Not yet. Okay. I, it's just amazing. Like, it's... It nine, gets wrapped up. It's, and four, then it's, it's five like... pages in, uh, in within 35 pages. And, yeah. So, yeah, it's real fast. And then, and then the book is just like... And then, unrelated to that, Odin <laughs> finds out about the Celestials coming. And it's just like, then why the fuck did we go through all of that? Um, so... Thor number 300 is written by Mark Grunewald and Ralph Macchio and inked by Gene Day and then edited by Jim Salakrup. So I'm going to try and burn through everything, all of the major events of what happens uh, in 300. And we can then we can go back and talk about specific stuff. But just let me blah all of this. Okay. Siegfried and Brunhilde die. Odin yes. restores them to their true forms before using the halves of the ring to nail himself to the world tree. He then pulls himself down when he learns of the third host of the Celestials and gathers the other Allfathers to plan an attack which fails. Bowing before the Celestials to avoid being cut off from Earth and by time, Odin then creates the Destroyer armor and the Odin sword in order to prepare for their eventual return. In the present day now, Odin uses the Destroyer armor and the Odin sword to confront the Celestials, but it fails, and Thor joins the fight alongside the Eternals' Unimind. The Unimind gets blasted apart immediately, uh, which apparently kills Zerus, because fuck him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the Odin sword and Destroyer are destroyed, and the gods' backup plans means backup plan, uh, which... I'd have sworn the Destroyer armor and the Odin sword were like, whatever, okay. 
but that their backup plan means the Celestials accept a bribe of 12 humans from throughout human history. And then, like, they fuck off, Thor meets his mom, and the Eternals mourn Zerus. Like, that happened. They don't even know, we don't even know about Zerus until 301. But, yeah, the, he Thor meets his mom, and he's laying in a pool of his own blood, basically being the only one alive. Um, yeah. Because the Destroyer armor, uh, Odin had, in order to get the... Destroyer armor to its absolute full power that he might be able to take on one of the one of the celestials. Um, he also absorbed the essence of every other god in Asgard at the time. So everybody, yeah. The only Thor. reason Thor wasn't yeah. absorbed along with them is because he was somewhere else. <laughs> no, like thank God. He, the, I guess thank God the eye took so goddamn long telling him his story. <laughs> Otherwise, he'd have gone home. To, like, confront Odin about what's going on. And he finds... He would have been like, Dad, what the shit? Also, why are you stealing my life force? (laughs) Yeah, Odin waited as long (laughs) as he could. But the guy took so goddamn long. Odin got sick of waiting. (laughs) And he's just like, fine, we'll go without him. Yeah, it's this... It's the worst family trip. (laughs) Fine, we'll just go without him. And like I said, we spent so fucking long on all of this, on adapting, you know, all of these operas and shit, uh, that like half of this issue is setting up (coughs) the second half and the entire fucking issue could have been the Celestials Mm -hmm. instead of it just being like, okay, you get a minute to fight the Celestials, but then... We uh, we finish our bribe, and fortunately, we finally find out the whole reason that the Warriors Three were fighting Fafnir was because they were collecting the last few people that had been set aside for this bribe. Yeah. So, yeah, but the pro- the problem with all of this is, um, <laughs> I also the- re- love that in it's in three hundred one, but uh. The, okay, remember five years ago with those weirdos that we thought that claimed themselves to be new gods and then fucked off for a while? Yeah. Yeah, that was them. Yeah. What? This was their whole deal. Uh Uh-huh. And you just go, was it Marvel? Yeah. Was it? No. We were going to do something else, but then we forgot. If we let Jack run the book again, everything got fucked there for a while. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, the the thing that, the thing about it is that like, like I said, the problem here is that we were told, we were specifically told that the... Um, the fucking, all of this was going to tie in to the, um, whatever it is, the, the, all of, all of the stuff with the ring of the Nibelung and the, and the fucking, um, uh, Siegfried and Sigmund and all of that shit was going to tie in to Odin bowing before the Celestials. And literally all it is, is Odin is so broken up about everything that happened with uh, Siegfried and Brunhilde that he goes and nails himself to the world tree. With the ring. With the ring. With the ring. And then he takes the two halves of the ring and makes the sword. And it's like, and that's, that's it? Yeah. Yep. That's it. Okay. So he had a vision while he was taped, while he was hung from the world tree by the ring. Uh Uh-huh. Did the ring play any special part in that? Unclear. So he would have just known about the celestials anyway? 
probably well, like one another goddess popped up and was like hey some there's a weird ship coming and he's like oh okay and so he takes time out from the siegfried and brunhilde thing to go and see about the ship and that's what and it's like so it wasn't actually really connected at all why the fuck do i care and it's like well, but you got a really cool like. Mm, you got a neat. You got a neat sword out of it. Did I? Huh? Really? Yeah. The Odin sword was crafted out of the ring of the Nibelung, and it's just like, okay. Uh, did it have to be like? Was was all of this so, that important to all of the celestial stuff that we had to go through? issue after issue of Wagner to get to so he used the ring to craft the sword? No. No, we did not. It could have just been I made a sword. What's it made out of? Really cool god shit. Why the fuck (laughs) do you care? It's a fucking god sword. It's a huge fucking sword crafted by a god. Is that not automatically cool? Well, yeah, but what's it made out of, though? What's uh, it made out of? Uh, you know what? Nobody gets to use the cool sword. In fact, if anybody uses the cool sword now, because you keep fucking pestering me about it, if anybody uses the sword, I'm going to do a Ragnarok. Fuck you. Now yeah. that you brought it up. Yeah. Keep so... pestering me about what the sword's made out of. Who gives a shit? And, and like I said, so what we, what we wind up with is we get a little bit of God battle against the Celestials. And then, like, the, the other gods are just like, look, here's the bribe now. And so they bribe the Celestials, at which point Ereshem and all the rest are just like, yeah, that whole, like, 50 years of judgment thing. It's fine. We'll just, I... we'll just take these and fuck off somewhere else. Yeah. I guess we don't need to go through all of that if you guys are going to be such a pain in the ass and also so accommodating. Okay, bye. It's like... Cool. Okay, alright. That that worked? Would that have worked the whole time? Or did we really need to be assholes first? Yeah. Because I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And um, it was... It was just a whole lot of buildup for a really disappointing finish. And I mean, I liked the fight. The fight was interesting, but it should have been so much like you're talking about the Asgardian, the entire power of the <laughs> Asgardian gods going up against space gods from beyond like anything you can possibly imagine. We've been building up to this for so fucking long. It should have been so much bigger, but we fucked around so much with Siegfried and Sigmund that by the time it got here, it wound up being a couple of pages of Thor and Odin getting tossed around a bit. Thor manages to like knock Erishem off his off of his pedestals and then they run the Odin sword through him and that does fucking nothing and it's just like uh, all right I do like the destroyer armor getting owned yeah I thought that was fun where he's like because he's so it is scary like when he bashes through the barrier around the city and comes in I'm like okay we're gonna do some shit and then he gets just messed up. Like, yeah. the Unimine getting taken out instantly. I was like, well, the Unimine sucks. And yeah. then, but like, this armor, this is, this is scary. Let's do this. And he just straight up cuts one of the arms off one of them. And that guy, or that uh, Celestial is just like, uh-huh. And just reconstitutes it and then blasts him. It's like, oh shit, I think this yeah. could be fun. And uh, unfortunately, it's only a couple of pages. Yeah. And then yeah. Thor, Thor, you know, goes and hammers on Nezer a couple of times. And Nezer barely notices he's there until just going, get down. And blows all his clothes off and it hammers him into the ground. And you're like, oh, this isn't going to be as cool as I wanted it to be. Damn. Yeah. 
and it and it's <sighs> it's fucking bullshit that you know we've had we've had what 12 issues 13 issues of eternals basically 12 issues yeah. plus the annual plus what 25 issues of thor leading up to the <coughs> celestial's judgment of humanity and literally like the the eternals are a non-entity in it entirely and they and... accept 12 fucking people to go away <laughs> 12 like you know i'm not i'm not saying that numbers are the sole issue here but 12 that's all it took 12 of like, humanity's best all it took was 12 people it took less than half a busload to get the fucking celestials to go away fuck you fuck you god damn anyway yeah thor number 302 is inked by chick stone and al milgram and edited by jim salakrup and bob budiansky um the asgard uh or i'm sorry 301 we're on 301 my bad sorry. uh is inked by chick stone and colored by george russo's and edited by jim salakrup so having used up the entirety of the asgardians power to fight the celestials odin and the others are all dead uh so thor uh thor then visits each pantheon of gods requesting a small measure of power from each to restore them the only pantheon that says no are the hindu gods because there were the three of them instead of there being like an all-father um and they like thor thor gets outvoted uh so that causes him to come into conflict with shiva uh thor defeats him at which point shiva's like fine here's the power uh but you've made a powerful enemy this day blah 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 who cares and the asgardians are restored so kind of a kind of a little you know like after after ragnarok and avengers disassembled uh after thor and the asgardian gods actually went through ragnarok and were dead it took a while for them to like bring back like six other Asgardian gods. Uh, this this one they do it in an issue. Like they bring all of them back immediately. And okay, whatever. Even sad. <coughs> Even Balder, sad mopey Balder. Sad well, mopey. I've been to the edge of death for so long that it's cracked my mind balder like well yeah i so in thor number 302 my i actually have oh. uh a in my notes the asgardians have a party and balder is bringing the whole vibe down due to that whole kind of being dead thing <laughs> being, mo <laughs> being mostly dead for a law for 14 months yeah chill out balder. which no, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, I, I'd be in, like, the fact that, the fact that the king of the gods was just like, yeah, I'm going to leave you mostly dead for a while, uh, because I have, like, plans. Um, I'd be kind of pissed, too. Like, you know, sure. Uh, but then Thor... <laughs> I said I'd be willing to die for this... For the, I'd be willing to die for the kingdom, not mostly dead for a year. What the hell, man? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then in issue 302, Thor, Thor has a conversation with Sif about what they're going to do going forward. And it's really awkward because he's just like, what about Earth? And she's like, mm, no thanks. And he's like, really? There's none of Jane in there. And she's like, I don't know. Asgard really kicks ass, dude. And he's like, okay, well, we're going to talk about this more. And so he goes back to Earth to try and reestablish his life as Don Blake yet again. 
and has a run-in with a one-off villain called Locus. And the the thing about Locus uh, is his whole thing is the ability to imagine shapes. And yep. then those shapes become real. And I kind of... <laughs> no, no intervention by an angry god, no demon powers, no magic, no radioactivity. He just believes in geometry so much that yeah, he's like able he to can... call up the the platonic ideal of a cylinder <laughs> yeah. and like he's just like, "Oh my god, this is amazing. I'm going to rob the bank I used to work at." And I kind of so here's the thing. This and he got fired. No, the other thing that's fucked up is he got fired this morning. Went yeah. home, discovered he had this ability because he was both so sad about losing his job that he hated anyway, and was trying to console himself by imagining the platonic ideal of a cylinder. And it, he, he. This is the fastest any villain has become used to their powers in most comic books. Because it's yeah. literally been like an hour and a half. Then he went home, created the cylinder, and was like, okay, cool. Next stop, rob that bank. All right, yeah. okay. You got plans then. Good, I guess. And uh, also, this idiot clearly has never... Has not lived in New York long enough. He, yeah. Again, I'm. this is not text. This is me adding shit uh this is a guy who clearly has only lived in new york for about a week he's had this job for i don't know five days he was fired this morning why do i know he's only been in new york for a week because thor's been gone for a bit which means he's he a week means he's like allowed to think that thor is hokum everyone else in new york who's been there for any amount of time has been would be like fuck that's thor we need to go we need to go now because yeah. uh, I don't have a, I don't know if my life insurance is paid up. Like yeah. uh, so, no, you don't. You don't get to live in New York for this long without knowing what these superheroes are capable of. Yeah. Well, you know, I. This is this is kind of the the same problem you have with Batman, where you don't. Once Batman's been around for a minute, you don't get to do the urban legend thing anymore yeah like after batman's been around and he's like a founding member of the justice league yes and like especially then they have a they have a special light on top of the uh police precinct for summoning him you don't get to be like batman mm, that's bullshit i don't think he exists uh, yeah you like, don't no. get to have two bit thugs what you know getting spooked about what about the bat oh the bat doesn't even exist he's he he never was real no 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 even your 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 mooks your goons they know batman's yeah. real and he batman is real and he can hurt you yeah um so what what i will say is i am very sad that locus is never seen again because I love the idea of someone whose whole whole origin was just I was super horny for shapes. And like somebody hearing that would just be like and 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 then he's just like and then I was able to make them. And they're like so wait a minute, you were horned up over the idea of a sphere to the extent that you were able to will one into existence. Yes. And it would just be like, oh. Oh. Uh, I fought Thor. Okay. You've been hit in the head then. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like you could... On the one hand, like, I feel like you could do a super gritty version of Locus and have it just be weird as shit. Um, but I don't want anyone to do that. I oh, want no. him to exist as he is. 
I don't I don't want anybody to take it to a weird place where he like conjures up two spheres and proceeds to jerk off on them or anything like that. I don't need like weirdo Frank Miller versions of Locus. I just want I want cuz one of the things I love <laughs> is when comics are taking themselves super seriously and then a character shows up where it's just like, huh, this is fucking dumb. <laughs> and that that character to me, I feel like that could be Locus a lot of the time. Uh, I mean, it's what it's it's shocker, right? Yeah. Like shocker. Why shocker works or the the the, the argument I've heard for shocker is he reminds you that Spider-Man is a comic book, right? Like it gets, you know, Spider-Man, the comic books go to some pretty serious places, but then this dude in a quilted jumpsuit shows up and is like, I'm my powers, vibrations punch hard. And you're like, okay, yeah, still comics. This is still well, stupid. A man, <laughs> a man in a quilt shows up <laughs> yeah. naming himself after sticking a pinky in an asshole <laughs> and is just like, unabashedly just like yeah my name's shocker what of it and it's like oh are you electric in nature nope no <laughs> it's just like, oh okay what uh, do you all right do? all right <laughs> you know or even like i just think about uh juggernaut in the uh in the x-men animated series you can't stop me my powers are magical it's just like <laughs> This is so stupid. I love it. Right. Yeah, you know. Remind remind me every once in a while that comics are dumb and I I I'm okay with that. Superhero comics are dumb. Yeah. That I, that ha- I totally, you know, like not you know, occasionally like taking it to a serious place and tackling serious issues and like, you know, having everybody have PTSD and like you know stuff like that is all fine and good but you know like yeah dude where's the quilt like <laughs> i don't know i don't know how serious we like i don't get me wrong i love comics i think comics are a are a, just as valid an art form as uh as anything else i think that there are absolutely people who elevate the art form to uh, unimaginable heights, but also, like, you know, it doesn't it doesn't detract from you know. I mean, it's been a re- it's it's just like to me. Think about it this way, um, you know, painting and opera and. Uh, all these arts that you would just consider like f- fine art, right? Mm-hmm. Like opera or, uh, you know, fine art paintings and things like that. Remember <laughs> that when opera was the predominant like form of entertainment in Eastern Europe, it was body as shit. Like Shakespeare was, was Shakespeare, body as shit. Shakespeare was dirty, right? Yeah. Like, like this... That's what the comedies are. (laughs) The hand of the clock is upon the prick of noon. Like, dudes out here making dick jokes. And, you know, and the fact of the matter is, like, we we allow for the fact that books contain everything from, from the unbearable lightness of being to, uh... That book Snooky had ghost written for her. Like, it has both, and it doesn't undermine the unbearable yeah. lightness of being. Yes. Or other, like, you know, big, like, holy shit kind of books for that other thing to exist. And by the same token, like, when you look at comics, it can contain both Mouse and the guy in the quilt who calls himself <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. Like, you know, it's okay. Yeah. So, all right. So 
We now turn our attention from Thor to Captain America number 237, uh, which has a cover by Keith Pollard and is written by Chris Claremont and Roger McKenzie, penciled by Sal Buscema, inked by Don Perlin, colored by George Russo's, lettered by Elaine Howard, and edited by Roger Stern. Uh, after giving a press conference about Dr. Faust's uh, actions, uh, this news crew tells Cap they've got some footage he needs to see, and it's of Sharon's death, and he's really broken up about that. Uh, so the rest of the issue is him trying to settle into his new life as an artist and meeting his new neighbors, including an old woman liberated by Captain America in World War II. Uh, at the end of this, he goes to sleep, uh, and then is woken up by... Nick Fury calling with a mission, uh, which he grudgingly accepts. Uh, so this issue is good um, in a couple of th- ways that I th- am thinking about. Yeah. Uh, and the first one is that at the beginning of this, at the press conference, he's asked, you know, do you really need to be running around with, the United States on your chest. And he's like, I don't know. Like, and then he just wants to get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, which was worrying at first. Cause I was like, Oh man, don't do this again. I don't want to do a shooty. Should Captain America exist story? It's not one I want to do. Turns out I was wrong. I did want that because that's what we get through the rest of this in a way that I think is really cool is Mm -hmm. he goes home. He tries to acclimate to his new apartment. He tries to cook a TV dinner and sort of sucks at it. Um, And the whole time he's sort of like thinking about his duality of cap and Steve and what cap means to him, what Steve means to him. And then he gets invited to this dinner with his neighbor and the neighbor's like, so, uh, the Holocaust was a real thing. It sucked. You saved my life. Um, if you hadn't shown up when you did, we would all be dead. Um, well, she didn't. She doesn't know, though. Oh no, Captain America. Yeah, she doesn't know it's him. She's just talking about Captain America saved my life, and that part's awesome. That's important. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you corrected me because she doesn't know that she's talking to Steve or to Captain America, and. Right. That she also doesn't know. I mean, it's a little bit of story contrivance, but these are it, these are stories. Um, he, what? He, these are stories. She doesn't know that he he needs to know these these things at this point in time. Like, yes, these are stories. This is this is not real. Fuck. I know. I'm sorry. Holy shit. Um, if it helps, most of everything isn't. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, he, she, he, he needs to hear this exact story right now from this per- like point of view to remind himself. And I think that's why he goes to, he goes back upstairs. He like, they have dinner. Um, it's apparently pleasant. We skip all of that. And at the end of it, he he's just like you know i hope i get to talk to you again i really enjoyed this thank you um and he goes upstairs and just sort of stares out the window for a minute and it it's a really nice just moment of him being like okay yeah no captain america does exist for a reason um and he needs he he captain america ne- needs to continue existing that's yeah. i'm I'm done with that part. Like, that's no longer a question. Um, How I manage it, that's going to be an issue, but that needs to happen. Okay, cool. I like that. Yeah. This is is the kind of thing... uh, This is the kind of thing Chris Claremont does very well. Yeah. Um, You know, more... I I have things that annoy me about Chris Claremont. Um, but he does these things 
very, very well. Uh, where you're able, you're able to just spend time with a character. Mm-hmm. Where you're able to have a story where nothing happens, but everything happens. Where, you know, you're able to just sit with a character and gain a deeper understanding of them. Uh, or, you know, characters are able to interact and send each other off on new paths or get reinforced on the path they're on or whatever. And nothing, there's no, there's no villain. There's no, you know, it's just, and we get an issue of this with X-Men this week as well. And Mm -hmm. that's what I was going to say is that exactly what you're talking about he also does it really cool in small character beats where i get to hang out with wolverine for two pages not even that a page and a half maybe Mm -hmm. and i still get like a oh yeah he's still going through some shit or oh whoever messes with aurora is gonna get fucked up like and or you know whatever like that's really cool um, yeah. that, he, that he has that ability and then can still do, spoiler warning, a really fun arcade story. I liked it. I don't care. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, it's Arcade at this point in time has not been driven into the ground. Right. That's what and... I think is cool about this is that, because uh, I was seeing, we'll get to it, I guess again, spoiler warning. I was seeing aspects in this arcade that I was like, Okay, I see where Avengers Arena Arcade, like, that dark motherfucker, like, yeah. I see where that guy was in the 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 origin of, of Arcade, whereas yeah. he got, he, the 90s did him dirty, right? The they really, they really did. Uh, arcade, uh, I have some stuff to say about Arcade, but we'll get to that. Anyway, um, this Captain America book is good i would recommend reading it yeah it's it's just a really mellow uh you know it again it does the same thing as that issue of uh, of x-men where most of the issue is just us like doing some character work and then only at the very end do we get okay this is what the next couple issues are going to be about (laughs) 